Welcome to the Sweet Spot podcast with author Marcia Scott. In this month's episode, we will talk about the failure factor. But before we explore that, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about purpose. The reason being is that there is one thing you want to get right in life. When you stand before God one day, you want to hear him say, well done. Although the well done is more encompassing than congratulating you on being a good person. Wrapped up in that well done is the approval that you found and fulfilled purpose while here on earth. When we were children, we were often asked the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? We'd gleefully proclaim that we'd like to become a lawyer, doctor, teacher, or maybe even the president of the United States. I wish that we'd pose this question more often to both children and adults. Who would you like to become spiritually as you grow up in God? Now we know ultimately God determines purpose. We have been gracefully gifted to walk out a chosen path preordained by God. Oh, you didn't know that before you hit your mother's womb or was even a twinkle in your father's eye that you were given a purpose? Now you do. Let's talk about it. I'm going to share some insights from a recent podcast interview that I did with Lauren Green. She's a licensed therapist here in Maryland. The name of her podcast is Mentally Whole. Be sure to check her out. I believe one of the reasons people struggle to find purpose is because they fail to answer the call of God. There's a general call. We are first called to salvation. We are called to live a Christian life. Philippians 3 and 14, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We are also called to secure a pastor and local church home. This is where we are to make real connection and apply our gifts. This initial response to God will give you an opportunity to begin exploring your gifts, talents, and natural abilities. Self-exploration will lead to divine revelation of purpose. Purpose is divinely revealed as you walk with God and develop an intimate relationship with him. Proper alignment in the body of Christ and relationship with God and your spiritual leaders will help a person overcome their struggle to find purpose. I define purpose as a properly placed calling. It is the who, the what, the where, the when, and the why for your life's calling. When God reveals the specifics of your call, he lets you know where and how you will use your gifts. This is your purpose. For example, I am called to minister to women. The specifics of my call might include ministering at a shelter for battered women or creating a nonprofit that meets the needs of women. Purpose involves placement, the proper placement of your gifts so that you can be used to further the gospel and kingdom. Many ask the question, is there a difference between purpose and calling? I like to include a scripture in my response. Matthew 4, 18 and 19. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. In this text we find first an example of a natural calling or vocation. Peter and Andrew were fishermen. The second example we see is that of a spiritual calling. Jesus is calling them into ministry. He says, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. When the brothers answered Jesus' call, God released purpose. Purpose is a privilege revealed to responders. In other words, 
If you answer God's initial call, you qualify to begin to walk out purpose with him. The disciples began to walk out purpose with Jesus from that day forward. I'd like to give you 10 practical steps that will help you if you're afraid to walk in what God has called you to do. Number one, I believe confirmation is key. Timothy had a spiritual mentor, Paul, who confirmed his calling. You may feel the call of God on your life to do a thing. Make sure your spiritual leaders affirm you in this. Number two, seek out mentorship. When you serve a mentor or leader up close, it gives you a chance to receive mentorship by example and hands-on training. Number three, prepare, prepare, prepare for your calling. This may involve going to college, seminary, or simply studying God's word. Number four, when God called me to minister the gospel, he impressed in my spirit to keep speaking until I got good at it, which implied that I was not good at it at the time of my initial call. I wasn't at first. Part of overcoming fear involves developing your skills. The more you do a thing, the better you'll become at it. Practice really does make perfect. Do it afraid. You may never be totally free from fear. However, fear can serve you. It may cause a greater press into prayer and dependence on God. Number six, confession is important. Speak the following affirmations out loud. I am bold as a lion. God has not given me the spirit of fear. I can do all things through Christ. Number seven, meditate, memorize, and recite scriptures pertaining to overcoming fear. Number eight, envision the need. Before each of my ministry assignments, I pray concerning who's in the room and their needs. I envision someone in the room desperately needing the word that I will deliver and my gifting. This allows me to rise up above my personal fear and feelings of inadequacy in order to complete the assignment. Their need becomes more important than my insecurities. Number nine, pray for God's anointing and presence to be with you as you are given opportunities to use your gifts. Number 10, know your assignment. Be clear on your uniqueness. For example, I am an encourager, edifier, slash builder, and exhorter. God revealed this to me about me. I am confident in this. It flows naturally. I don't try to be something that I am not. Spend time with the Lord, your leaders, and yourself to discover your unique spiritual traits, strengths, and abilities. Finally, here are a few steps that you can take to help you find your purpose. I'll share a few P's with you. Number one, pray. Number two, properly placed. Make sure you are properly aligned under spiritual leadership. Number three, peep out and explore your natural gifts and abilities. Pay attention to your passion. The thing that bugs you the most may just be the thing you were put here on earth to do. And finally, partner with God. Walk in step and in obedience to his promptings. He'll lead you right to the purpose he has in mind for you. Now, you know, I must take you to the sweet spot, the place of pouring into your spirit. I want to talk a little bit about failure. A spirit of failure can easily attach itself to you after you have come through a storm or prolonged season of suffering. We know that God uses storms and suffering in the process of spiritual development and character building for your purpose. Here's a few things about failure. 
Fear of failure will cause many not to take a leap of faith in pursuit of purpose because they have experienced the fallout and effects of failure. Can I tell you that failure is not final? Failure is a necessary part of your process. Failure can also help you secure your future. It secures future wins because you learn important life lessons while experiencing failure that you do not learn while you're in your winning season. I recently reflected back on a very difficult storm I walked through. It was a seven-year storm. Anyone ever experienced a seven-year storm? Well, maybe your storm was seven months, seven weeks, or seven days. A storm is a storm. I am currently on the other side of through, thank God, but Holy Spirit had me reflecting. One of the key things I found is that although my storm came to an end, for the most part about a year ago, I was still carrying the effects of failure. There were places throughout my time of testing where I took on those storm winds like a champ and other points where I failed miserably. It was the failure and the emotions attached to it that sat in the seat of my soul. Holy Spirit led me into a season of consecration and prayer to show me that this stuff was still on board. What I came to terms with is the fact that failure really has helped me secure my future by upping my frequency. Because I don't ever want to be unprepared for the unexpected storms of life or fail in that manner again, my prayer, worship, and word life has become more disciplined and consistent. This causes my spiritual frequency to be on point. Can I tell you that if you want to be effective and effectively operate in purpose, you must press into a place that you can hear from God daily. Another way failure served me is that it fueled me. Right in the midst of failure, I got mad. I made a declaration that although I was losing terribly in the moment, oh, I would become a winner. I had scoffers in my failure. There were people that seemed to take pleasure in my faltering, and although they could have helped me, they did not lift one finger to help me. God taught me in that moment not to show weakness or to begin looking for compassion from that particular crew. So I confessed that I would become a winner, an expert, where I was failing at the time. A mixture of positive confession, faith, and works, I took additional training and mentorship on, helped me to do just that. I began to excel. Failure can also facilitate favor. My trip to the bottom developed a graciousness, humility, and willingness to serve within me. So much so that my attitude and disposition yields favor with those I encounter who are in a position to help me with my purpose and destiny. It was the storm that fashioned me for favor. Are you going through anything right now? Do a perspective check. All things even failure, will work together for the believer seeking out and walking in purpose. The adversary would love for fear to strike a fatal wound. He'll send spiritual assassins on the attack to wound you, betray you, and disappoint you in hopes of striking such a deadly blow to your soul that you lose the resolve and heart it takes to pursue or continue in purpose. Can I tell you that? The hit was strategic. You're just that much of a threat to the enemy's kingdom. He can't get you back involved in some of the things that previously prevented you from operating in purpose, so he devises another wicked scheme. The psalmist penned in Psalms 55 that he could have borne the attack, but the fatal blow came from a friend, someone he went to church with, someone he had close, intimate fellowship with on a regular basis. Our enemy does not play fair. He hopes to break your heart 
so he can break your spirit. We don't always initially respond right to these type of attacks because we are usually all up in our emotions, our feelings. This brings on more feelings of failure. You are not a failure nor a flop. You're human. Your biggest flaw is that you love and you care. Although you must learn to guard your heart in order to continue in the pursuit of your divine purpose, God has so much in store for you. The pain was all a part of his plan. Failure is a part of the process. You glean so much when you're teachable. Allow your leaders, mentors, and Holy Spirit to teach you the lessons that will prevent future failure. There's nothing worse than watching someone continue to fail due to the inability to assess their mistakes and refusal to change. Failure can propel you to very prosperous places in your future if you let it fuel your next. What I love about my failures is that I use them to help others. In my book, The Secret is in the Sauce, I am very transparent. The entire point is to help others win, not lose. The failure factor is necessary, necessary for your next win. No regrets in this season, simply winning. Thank you for joining in for another episode of The Sweet Spot. If you are interested in obtaining a copy of my book, The Secret is in the Sauce, please visit my website at authormarciascott.com. If you enjoyed episode 11, please consider subscribing and be sure to share it with a friend.